0: Which awkward transition um, should we do? Should we should we start with race and then go to ice cream or should we do ice cream and then go to race?
1: (laughs) Surprise me.
0: (laughs) I wanted to have my guest Ellen Sledge of Penny Lick Ice Cream, a great ice cream shop. In Hastings on Hudson, New York, on this week, because I wanted to talk about ice cream. Actually, I I had booked her a couple of weeks ago, and then the world turned upside down. And I still want to talk about ice cream because it is warm weather, and I think we all need a little a little break from the news every now and then. It's good for the mental health, but also Ellen, besides being smart and funny and having great ice cream she brings a unique perspective to what is going on in the world right now as it as it pertains to race um ellen you are a white woman they can't see that but i'm just going to say that um you are married to an asian man and you have one of your your daughters um you adopted from ethiopia yes so yes. so you are you are the united nations of a family you have diversity across the board and I, I really wanted to talk to you about it because I, I think a lot of white people right now are are coming to grips with some things that maybe they hadn't thought deeply enough about before. Or maybe they just – it was ugly and they didn't want to look at it as it pertained to race. And I, I see a lot of people wanting to do the right thing, but they don't know what that is. And they, there's just a lot to process. And I, I, I think it's interesting because obviously you – at, uh, having a black child have a different viewpoint on all of this. And I'm curious, like what, what have you learned about race that you couldn't have known before your well, your daughter came into your life?
1: Uh, you know, I, I, yes, I will start by saying that I am a very, very white woman. I learned uh, quite a bit about racial stereotypes and how they can wound. Uh just dating and then marrying my husband. Uh, it didn't happen often, but but when it happened, it 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 would sting and I could see him sit with it quietly for a while. And now I have three children and two are Asian American. They're more Caucasian than Asian, but they are definitely Asian and uh quite often people don't let them forget it. And our youngest is, she's African-American. Um, I have learned one really important lesson, and that is simply to listen. Uh, I, and I teach this to my children uh, as a parent, and all parents should teach this to their children. When you listen, you learn, right? You learn, you develop an understanding. And, and from an understanding comes empathy. And justice, police reform, all of that, that cannot happen without empathy. And it cannot happen without love. And so I spend my time listening. I don't bring up topics. I let it flow naturally. I let it come to me. We have certainly hit some bumps over the years. All three of my children have. My husband less so, but he has. Um, Their perspective is, um, is what I need to listen to because I simply don't have that. The comments that are made to my children would never be made to me and they would not necessarily wound me the way they wound them. Um, White people, as I have learned, um, as I am one of them, are really good at filling the silence, at talking at you, at telling you how you should feel. White people are really great at telling you what they've learned about race. Learning it, if you are not black, if you are not Asian, if you are not a minority, is a lifelong learning. I don't see that as ever ending. Um, And it is really much more important to listen than to speak.
0: I feel like a lot of people who are not black, you know, they hear things and they see things and they think, oh, it's awful. But there's a little bit of just like sort of distance from it. I mean, and in general, like when, when, when you don't live it, there's a distance from it. And so you can say it's bad, but you don't really feel it or, or fully understand it.
1: There is a very big difference between sympathy and empathy. And anyone can feel sympathy, but it takes work to feel empathy with a viewpoint, with a situation, with a frame of reference that is not yours which is why education is so crucial which is why just the simple act of being present every day and listening is so crucial i try to explain this to my kids too sympathy is i'm so sorry that happened to you to the person who's crying but empathy is crying alongside the person
0: yeah and i think that's an that's an area where you're starting to see the change i think i think you you just made a really great point, because I think a lot of people had sympathy to to black plight, but they didn't have empathy.
1: Empathy is actionable. Sympathy is not. Sympathy can be fairly useless.
0: You know, one of the things I think about with this moment right now is what I'll I'll deem the talk. You know, we all have, as parents, we have to have a lot of talks. And one of them is a talk about race. And I think you know it, it's a very different talk when it's a white parent to a white parent obviously um i think maybe we all were naive and made a mistake you know in the last couple of decades where the talk was to to talk about it to be colorblind if you will right like yeah. like like look we're all the same cuz that's a very idealistic way to talk about it and i think i've been guilty of that as well it's not reality. right yeah. it's it's cuz you, cuz you don't it's that fear that – like as a white parent, it's that fear that you, you don't want to put a seed in your kid's head that that person's different because, because you're afraid of that making them think, well, wait, that person's different. You want them idealistically to look at everyone the same, but that's not reality, and I think that's something we're all kind of coming to grips with. So you know, obviously I've had multiple talks with my children in the last couple of weeks, but then obviously my talk is very different than the talk – a black parent would have with a black child because they've got to deal with the realities. They got to deal with how to deal with the police. You know, that's not something that, that we as, as white people worry about. I'm curious from your perspective, obviously, you know, you have a black child that you have to have a talk with, but as, as a white parent, you don't have that lived experience. How do you have that talk? I'm sorry if this is too, too close to home. I, I just, I'm curious, like how, like, like, how
1: does that work? Well, You're asking a question that I have not answered yet because my youngest is only 10. But I have two other children who are teenagers and I have explained to them that eventually this is a talk that I have with the youngest and that you are going to need need to be a part of and you are going to need to be cognizant of because you may very well be with her at you are her family, and you are going to feel this alongside her. Um, I haven't sat, it, she is young and she has other grief and, and other things going on to deal with, so I haven't driven into this too deeply. And but I,
0: but I guess you, you obviously, I guess you've had talks about race with her, I guess is my
1: point, certainly. That, Unfortunately, we've been having them for a long time because, um, you know, most people are great, but some kids, uh, uh, when she was younger, liked to joke with her that, that we purchased her um, because we needed a yeah. sleeve at the ice cream shop. Um, and she's, not, she's not dumb, <laughs> she's, she's smart, she's bright, she's 10 so she has most of the frame of reference of a 10-year-old but she has the frame of reference of a black 10-year-old and she's heard plenty as have my other children and my other children have heard it about being asian and they've heard it about their younger sister being black so it is a it is a conversation that is there and we have it whenever need arises we don't beat her over the head with it necessarily but the concept of this awful idea that you have to behave a certain way, in a certain almost subservient, non-threatening, so subservient manner to to get by if you are dealing with you know, not a police officer, but the wrong police officer, because I know plenty of fantastic police officers. Um, it's, a, it's a sickening thought and I'm not gonna, I, I'm only in charge of how I raise them. I cannot protect them from everything that happens in this world. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm sad to say it's not a full conversation that we've had yet, but she's 10. We'll get there. <laughs> it's waiting for her. How's that?
0: It, it's a challenging time. It's a challenging thing. I think a lot of people just don't know how to talk about it. It's, it, it can be very awkward because I think it, it's, it's, it's just an awkward. Au- it's awkward and we're gonna make an awkward transition, Ellen. We're gonna to transition to ice cream now. I don't even know how to do this transition. Don't I just be don't afraid of
1: awkward. I just uh, I don't <laughs> you know
0: what I, I'm embracing the awkward. I think that's really what it comes down to. I think a lot of people are fine. Look, I think there's obviously a percentage of people in this country that are just bad people. You know, I'm not gonna put a number on it, but they're just bad. They're bad, they're racist, they're just evil, vile people. There's a percentage of people who are just really amazing and good for them. I think the large majority of people, it's, it's not, I feel like we look at things very binary these days, right? It's not, it's a scale, it's a gradient and some very good people are going to stick their foot in something, you know, where they're going to, it's going to happen. And it's just, but it's, it's, what do you learn from that? How do you, how do you grow? You know, what do you, what do you gain from it? What, what, what blind spots did you have? You know, what are you learning um,
1: what frame of reference are you operating from and how can you moving forward expand your frame of reference?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. No matter what your place in this whole puzzle is, I think it's been just a stressful 2020. And it's been hard. And I think we we need some some levity. I think we need some ice cream, Ellen. Yeah. I, so there, there we go. There's my transition. We're transitioning to ice cream, everyone. Congratulations, Rob. We're, 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 we're transitioning to ice cream. All right. So obviously we're, we're talking here on, I don't even know if I introduced the show off the top. It's hot takes on a plate, everybody here on the Believe Podcast Network. And we do the hot takes. I mean, this is what I do. I have my culinary world friends and other eating enthusiasts on, and we talk about their areas of expertise. We do that from time to time. And Ellen's is, of course, ice cream. She owns Penny Lick Ice Cream Company in Hastings on Hudson, New York. Great stuff. And I'm going to throw a hot take at you, Ellen. Okay. And then you're going to tell me if I'm right or wrong. Don't hold back. All right. First one. We're talking generic ice cream flavors. The ones you could get at any ice cream shop. I'm not talking about the esoteric stuff. The generic ones. The best ice cream flavor. Generic. Hands down. It's mint chip. You can't top the mint chip. It's got that, that creaminess that you want from ice cream, but it, you know the, the mint doesn't overpower the creaminess, but it gives you just this freshness. And isn't that the point of ice cream, right, to be refreshed on a hot yes. summer day? And then the chip, oh, the chip gives you that texture. That's what you want, I, especially in a milkshake. A mint chip milkshake because the chips aren't so big that they get stuck in the straw. Usually if it's done right, you can suck it up, but you still get that texture. No diss to like the grasshoppers and all those variations, but like, no, I don't want the cookie. The cookie, it, it doesn't, it's not as solid. It's not giving me the texture. Mint chip, best generic flavor. Tell me I'm right, tell me I'm wrong.
1: Okay, so I actually, mint chip has been my lifelong best flavor. <laughs> it is my lifelong best generic flavor. I will say at Penny Lick, I, I will say that the debate is simply the chip. Are they chunks? Are they regular chocolate chips? Are they mini chocolate chips? What we do at Penny Lake is we use a 61% chocolate and we melt it. We make it like a stracciatella. So it's flakes. Um, and that way you get an even disbursement and you don't have to argue about the size of the chocolate chips because they're in every single possible taste in every single bite. Um, and by the way, you yeah. do it.
0: You do a very good mint chip because I I have had your mint chip in milkshake form because that's when I did restaurant hunter, that was it's like the king my of milkshakes that was my, that was my guilty pleasure. I used to love to if I was near a place i 'd grab a milkshake for the car Yeah. like yeah. milk car milkshakes are the best.
1: yeah, I agree. I completely agree. I will say though that if you want a generic best flavor, um, I do firmly believe the runner up has to be vanilla. I, I think that van- vanilla gets a bad rap. This is. A very hard to harvest ingredient. It grows on orchids, and if you know anything about orchids, you know how easy they are to kill. I kill an orchid a month. But <laughs> I think, are- but
0: I think most people don't do real vanilla, right? Like, like vanilla
1: brands will do some sort of adulterated version of vanilla. Most, but like your vanilla bean, crops, yeah. We, we make vanilla bean like a real yes. vanilla bean. But you're right. If you're talking about a supermarket version. Yeah, skip
0: it. Now Um, you actually just segued into another hot take I had, which is that everybody likes to crap on vanilla. But to me, if you're going to crap on a super generic flavor, chocolate, like I just, I don't, I don't know. Like I love chocolate, like as a, as a, like an entity. Although I'm that weird one, I'll be honest. I prefer milk over dark chocolate. I know that's like not what "quote unquote" foodies like, but God, I love milk chocolate. But as, as, but as an ice cream flavor, I kind of want vanilla.
1: You know why you don't like supermarket chocolate ice cream? It's because it's not made with chocolate. It's made with a syrup and it's made with cocoa powder, but it's not actually made with chocolate. I, Penny Lake makes milk chocolate ice cream and we make it with milk chocolate. So the taste is different and the texture is different, but um, there, the world is filled with very disappointing
0: chocolate True. ice cream. True, but, but I will say this. Ice cream to me has to be refreshing and chocolate oh, as not. an in, chocolate as an ingredient to me is not refreshing, no. which is why I like it in solid form. But as ice cream, I have no use for chocolate ice cream. I just don't. Vanilla, on the other hand, like bring it on. And vanilla is you can add things to it and customize it. It's versatile. It's a great base. I, I mean, so, yeah, I and I'll, I'll go I'll go another hot take on you. And this okay. kind of ties into vanilla as well. I know it's not fancy. I know it's cheaply made. But Mr. Softy, it's the most democratic ice cream. Mr. Softy is great. The soft serve out of the truck with the music. Now, I will say there are predatory elements to Mr. Softy because Mr. Softy likes to take that ice cream truck and park (laughs) it at schools when kids are letting out. That's not cool. That's
1: not the only ice cream truck that does that. That's not cool. It's not fair. It's not cool. That really sucks.
0: No, you know what I've done? No joke. What I've done, Ellen, I have uh, shown up to to school for pickup early, gotten Mm -hmm. myself a cone and snarfed it before I picked up the kids. (laughs) And then they're like, can we get ice cream? No, 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 no. We we, we can't. We can't. Sorry, guys. We got to run. We got to run.
1: Here in Hastings Hillside Elementary School, there is only (laughs) one driveway to enter and exit the grounds and the a good a good humor truck will park practically blocking the sidewalk so you've no choice but to come within three those are great feet, too it, it within a three but no it's not cool truck. what they're doing but it's a small town and i know everybody I, i'm like the most famous person in the town because i know all the kids right and i love taunting them i will stand there and stare at them and make them feel bad
0: like you're cheating on me and off, with that,
1: pants with bubblegum eyes, are you kidding? Yeah, I'm not. Wait. I'm
0: not that bubblegum with ice cream. I don't get. But however, look, you cannot knock a chocolate éclair, good humor bar. You cannot knock a toasted almond, good humor They're bar. Those best. are fantastic.
1: They're the best. I don't like the strawberry shortcake ones. Yeah, I'm if not either. The strawberry shortcake. I don't get it. It tastes like strawberry flavoring.
0: Yeah, I'm not into that, but the toasted almond and the chocolate éclair are both just out of this world. But but you're on board with Mr. Softy, right?
1: I am on board with Mr. Softy. I I know how crappy that soft serve is. It is more cellulose than it is cream, and I don't care. I will go get it anyway. I will get that is the one I like in chocolate form. I will get a Mr. Softy on a on the cup cone, the wafer little cup cone. with chocolate ice cream and chocolate dip. Nothing wrong As with that. One of my two, one of my two. Uh, like childhood, nostalgia, I love them, I am loyal to them, even though I should be ashamed of it. Pleasures. What's the other the one? Other, the other one is McDonald's.
0: Okay. What what for McDonald's? <laughs> what is what is the thing for McDonald's? What's 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 your go-to?
1: <laughs> so I haven't had McDonald's ice cream since I was a kid. Right? Oh, the ice cream. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Look, was, it's soft serve. It's good. Yeah. Well, it, it, that's a loose definition of soft serve or the word good. Yeah. Um, when it's not I the best soft did, serve,
0: but it's fine.
1: Yeah, when I was a kid, they Still had Mr. the hot fudge. fudge sundae. It was the vanilla and it was more like an ice milk than an ice cream with their, their hot fudge, their kind of goopy hot fudge and those toasted salted peanuts and the long, skinny plastic straw with the little M for M M&M and M stamped on the end. And I, I, I do. I have like a nostalgic. Like I could eat that right now. I don't. Nostalgia think is a powerful drug. It, it. It honestly, nostalgia sells ice cream. A long time ago, I met um, a writer for a major food publication, and she said that my mint chip was the best ice cream she had ever had, but that she would probably never write about me because my ice cream flavors weren't interesting. And she told me how, she gave me some business advice about how we needed to be more gimmicky. And then she pointed out as one of the examples, I think Salt and Straw made it, it was bone marrow. And I said, okay. Listen, Penny Lick makes 24 flavors.
0: Don't make bone marrow. And the ice number
1: cream. one selling flavor every day is vanilla. People buy with nostalgia. I think that people might buy bone marrow and bone marrow might get pressed, or they taste it and they'll be like, okay, thanks for that. I'll have vanilla. And ultimately, I am in the business of selling the ice cream and people want what they want. We cater, our little push carts go to like weddings and, and, birthday parties and it's so sweet, Uh, like a couple, a young couple will come and they'll choose a menu of six flavors and they'll all be kind of trendier, cool niche flavors and none of them will be vanilla. And they will say, no, I don't want vanilla. Vanilla is boring and we always put vanilla in the cart. We just have it hidden in there because somebody's grandma is gonna be furious with the ice cream business if we only have things like lavender truffle and Earl Grey (laughs) and maple salt and caramel. She wants vanilla.
0: I mean I look I think food media falls into a trap often of going after the shiny object and I've been guilty of that in the past but honestly like if you're telling a story tell a story with a little soul don't I mean and and also from a just a pure business standpoint I've seen some things just blow up on the gimmick uh-huh. and then fizzle like yeah. so so you can have a more meteoric rise yeah. if you have the gimmick but if you want long-term success, slow, solid growth, you gotta build it on a base of things that people want all the time.
1: It's like the tortoise and the hair of ice cream. Absolutely. Very much the tortoise.
0: Absolutely. St- sticking on, on on soft serve. And by the way, sidebar on soft serve, my nostalgic childhood thing, it wasn't Mr. Softy. It was actually for me, Dairy Queen. I we had one Dairy Queen in my town or or the town town over. Uh-huh. And at the time it was only open seasonally. And so when 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 spring, I think maybe it opened Memorial Day weekend and that was like a big deal. Like a really yeah. really big deal and I used to get the 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 baseball helmets with the Sundays inside it. I used to collect those, a, a blizzard.
1: Me the mets. You got the Mets, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Thank I'm you. wearing the hat right now. Thank you, thank but, you,
0: Rob. but But, but uh, the blizzard was like, you know, mind blown. I mean, a blizzard is still, I haven't had one in years, but I can't imagine it got worse. I mean, it was fantastic back in the day. I don't know. But anyway, I'm getting sidetracked here. So speaking of soft serve, hot take for you. I All think right. soft serve has a season. I think soft serve is something you eat in warm weather. You do not eat soft serve in winter. However, hard ice cream has no season. Hard ice cream is 12 months out of the year. Like that's just, I don't think that's a seasonal thing. Like give me my pint of ice cream in January. But soft serve, there's a cutoff. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong.
1: Well, I can say from a business standpoint that um, you're right about uh, hard ice cream having demand in the winter. Actually, um, sales statistics out of Canada, which is or used to be colder than here, who knows what global warming is doing right now? Um, our sales statistics in Canada are that pints of ice cream, hard ice cream, set they sell much better. Like ice cream sales trend up in the winter months and trend down in the summer months. I personally never had soft serve in the winter. I don't think I've ever had it. I will eat any ice cream all year long. I am constantly tasting ice creams. Um, I have like a list of best, but um, I don't think I've ever had soft serve. It's probably the
0: nostalgia thing, right? Like nostalgic, you know, when you think about nostalgia, you're thinking about the ice cream truck, which doesn't come around in the winter. You're thinking about at the beach with that soft serve cone. You're, you're thinking of those things and and
1: grab a car bell at Playland. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You're not thinking about that in winter, but for whatever, you know, hard ice cream, that's something you go to the supermarket for if you wanted to, you know, and, and that's when, that's what you eat year round. I'm assuming that's why my brain is saying there's a season for one and not a season for the other.
1: It's funny. I've never thought about it before, but I, I don't think that you are wrong about it. You're right. I, I'm, lots of ice cream businesses are seasonal. And the ones that are like the chains, like the haagen of the world, they don't sell soft serve. So you're right. I, 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 you might be right about it. I haven't thought about it. Of Maybe course I am. Maybe sales. <laughs> Maybe there's sales data. I like Uh, to back things up with statistics and numbers. ah, Who needs
0: data? data. Let's just be gas bags. That's what this is all about. (laughs) We don't need data. It's hot takes. Just throw it out there and and let the chips fall where they may. (laughs) All right. Last one I'm going to throw at you, Ellen. Um, Nobody actually likes frozen yogurt. They just like the topping bar. That's it. That's all they want. They don't actually want the frozen yogurt. They want the free samples because it's something free. And then they just want to go to the topping bar and dump enormous amounts of garbage on it. That's delicious garbage, but garbage that takes away the health benefit anyway. So they're eating, basically, they might as well just go eat ice cream. Tell me I'm right, tell you me know, I'm wrong.
1: There's no health benefit whatsoever to frozen yogurt. Frozen yogurt, Okay, I, I, I know- You're people, a little biased. <laughs> I have I, I am biased, and I know people who own a really wonderful frozen yogurt shop in Irvington, New York shout out to Brazar. Other than that, um, I, I, uh, I, I, I hate frozen yogurt. I've always hated frozen yogurt. I've never seen the benefit of it. It's more artificial ingredients than real ingredients. It doesn't taste that great. And you can dump, maybe they want to dump a million toppings on it to stop it from tasting like frozen yogurt. I don't know. But I will say that I when I opened my shop, I hung up a little sign because it gave everybody free Wi-Fi. And the original password for the free Wi-Fi was frozen yogurt sucks. And, <laughs> and people got offended. So I changed the password. So frozen yogurt want,
0: is mediocre.
1: I, I, I have never, I, I, with the exception of, of that one great place in Irvington, I have never been excited ever about frozen yogurt. I don't understand its purpose.
0: I mean, look, I have been to frozen yogurt places and I love the little cheesecake bites you can dump on it or the cookie dough bites or all the, you know, all that little. And because and, you're. And be a bakery. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Be a bakery. I, <laughs> I will say this talking now, if you want to bring it full circle to present day issues, I don't know what's going to happen to frozen yogurt places when we get out of COVID like think about it, right? Like, like buffets and things like that. Like nobody wants to eat like that. I don't even know if that's going to be allowed. Maybe it's still, I don't know, but like frozen yogurt, are you going to want to go to a a topping bar and just dump? I don't know.
1: some of the ways that the frozen yogurt chains have made money is that they're pricing it by the pound.
0: Yeah. It's like the candy, the bulk candy places.
1: And you're letting a 10 year old do it. So you've got like an eight pound frozen yogurt. It's going to cost you a billion dollars because of all the M&Ms and the cookie dough. Um, and I would, that as somebody with like FDA licenses, as well as Department of Health and, and PCQI certifications, um, I would say that probably the smartest way to go about it going forward is that there's a server behind the bar and that those toppings are behind a shield and the yes. server has to do it. But then you're probably late making less money because the 10-year-old's not in charge. And you're and taking away the fun. It. Or
0: or maybe it's a lever. Maybe it's like a lever where it dispenses it and that just shoots out and then it really, really sneaks up on you the cost. But then it ends up all over oh, yeah. the floor and people are touching levers. I don't know.
1: And there's there's manufacturers that do make those dispensers, but they break very easily and they're very costly. So I don't know. There's a there's a lot know. of
0: questions to be answered. A so lot of questions.
1: So 2020 has been the longest decade of my life. This is very 2020.
0: Long. The year has been the longest decade of your life. <laughs> yeah. You and me both. I think everybody. We're all in the same boat. We're all we're all miserable together. Hopefully talking about ice cream can can get people out of that. So make sure if you live in Westchester County, New York, you go to Hastings-on-Hudson, you go to Penny Lick Ice Cream, you are open. You, people can take pints yeah. to go and get ice cream.
1: You can get sundays. You can get everything. We're open six days a week. We have been throughout.
0: And if people don't live in Westchester, can they order online? Is there a way to ship it? Or are we not there yet?
1: Um, we are. We were just about ready to start shipping. And that was not something we had anticipated doing this year but it is getting hot and we don't think it's wise to do it during the summer months. Gotcha. So we'll start shipping in September.
0: And what's the website?
1: PennyLikeIceCream.com
0: Easy enough. And on social media, I think you're at PennyLikeIceCream, right? Yes. On Instagram? Cream. Good stuff. Well, Ellen, thank you so much and thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to you know, follow us, subscribe, like the show, leave a comment, please do. We're on every platform you can think of spotify itunes you name it make sure to follow like subscribe rate the show yada 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 if you want to get in touch with me personally i am on instagram twitter and facebook at rob patrone tv pot takes on a plate is part of the believe podcast network that's b-l-e-a-v check them out at blea i'm rob patrone till next time ciao